Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hanyam Homeschooling the Kids. We are going to be giving a patron shout out to Wendy Chambers. Thank you, Wendy, so, so much for being a patron. It really helps the podcast. Yes, I want to say thank you for being a patron, supporting our efforts in creating more content and additional episodes for you each month, and as well just being a wonderful support and encouragement uh, as Wendy is. We get a chance to know her personally, and she is always a huge fan and support of the podcast. We truly appreciate it. If you are not a patron and you would like to become one, just go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. And also everybody, the 100th episode is coming up. Uh, We need ideas of what to do for the 100th episode. So please contact my mom on Instagram, Facebook, or on her website at honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. Also, if you just want to leave a review, that would be great too. We really appreciate it. Now, Let's get into the intro. Who did you interview in this episode? I interviewed Yolanda Coles-Jones. Why did you interview her? Yolanda is a home educating parent that I've been following for a while. She's an entrepreneur. She's a creative. She is also a home-based educational consultant and an empowerment coach. And I first heard of her through Fair of the Free Child podcast when she was interviewed on there. And ever since then, I've been following her on Instagram, and I just love what she creates and puts out and the work that she does. And so I asked her to come on the show to have a chat about how she supports other families and parents in their home educating and life journey, and really her family's core beliefs and values when it comes to learning and living, because I know they just really complement a lot of what we also believe and value in our own life as well. I think that this interview is fantastic. I would love to have Yolanda on again, and we're talking about another episode that we can create that will be a little bit different. That will be, I think, a wonderful resource for listeners as well. And so that's why I had her on the show, and it was an enjoyable time for me, I know. So I hope the listeners feel the same way. Is there anything else you would like to say about her? Yeah, I just want to say that if you would like to find out more about Yolanda or how you can reach or contact her, uh, just go to, she has a website, a beautiful website, YolandaJonesCreative.com, and it's Yolanda, Y-O-L-O-N-D-A, and she has a wonderful program, Empowered People Deliberate Love School, that I think you really should check out, And she has a fantastic Instagram, so you can find her on Instagram as well. And I'll leave all of those in the show notes for you too. Enjoy the episode! So today I have Yolanda Coles-Jones on the show. Thank you so much, Yolanda, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invitation and the space. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to talk to you. So for anyone that's just being introduced to Yolanda, Yolanda Coles-Jones, also known as the bringer of calm and the teacher of Thrive, is a healing, wellness, and empowerment-centered coach and education consultant who specializes in coming along households, families, and individuals, as well as teachers and school systems to support them in deepening into conscious connection with themselves and with those around them. From that place, she guides and supports you in building confidence, developing clarity, realizing calm, and implementing strategies for success. Her trademarked Empowered People formula utilizes a powerfully effective combination of mindful breathing and meditation, conscious communication, somatic awareness, 
boundary awareness, forgiveness, gratitude, joy, and deep self-care, all as authentic to you and accessible ongoing practices. The scope of her work covers parenting relationships, parent-child, teacher-child dynamics, self-awareness, marriage and long-term partnerships, infidelity, home-based education, and self-actualization. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I really, I want to ask, how did this journey begin for you? Because, I mean, you have quite a few hats, (laughs) really, right? You're you're a creative, you're an entrepreneur, you're a mom, you're home educating. How has this always just kind of been like, has this just always worked as a flow for you? Or especially when it comes to home educating your kids along with everything else, has this always been your journey? Well, I think that there are layers to the answer. Of the <laughs> okay, let's, let's let's start with the. I don't. Do you want to start with the bottom layer or the top yeah, layer? Yeah, we'll start with the bottom layer. We'll start with the one that's kind of been the pervasive, you know, the undercurrent of it all. Um, I think if I were to describe myself and think back to sort of you know first memories, first first awareness of myself was singing. Um, in a church, my father was uh, is still actually. My parents are uh, church workers, so my dad is a pastor, and my mom uh, works alongside him. And so, my first sort of like memories of myself, awareness of sort of peering out from behind my own eyes. I was, you know, on a wooden floor in an old church, you know, with um, a microphone in my hand, and so. I've always been musical. I don't have any memories of not being musical. I've always been deeply feeling, deeply feeling. And I think that I uh, must be an old soul. Um, and so that's that's been constant, that sort of, you know, self-awareness to that degree. And then also, you know, sensing other people's um presence in the world is very like sentimentality and relating soul to soul to people has always been with me. Like that's always been there. Um, and so as I grew, you know, I've, <laughs> I've, my path has not been linear for sure when it comes to <laughs> coming into my work or the work that I do today at this point, what has been constant has been sort of the activity of supporting people and helping people and, you know, having openness and having a position of, uh, you know, not first jumping to judging or, or being closed. I've always been just very open. Um, and, and having this bent or the proclivity towards helping people and really feeling like that is a, uh, I guess the phrase we would, we would use now is zone of genius for me. Mm-hmm. Whether it comes across in, you know, I'm singing a song that is reaching someone on a very deep level and offering them some comfort and support, or I am, you know, communicating and using words or touch, um, or, you know, just walking people through difficult times and spaces or, or, or helping to name and helping to celebrate what is what is praiseworthy, um, you know, celebrations and birthdays. I, I have a memory that's sticking out to me, sort of being a teenager working at this warehouse packing um, cosmetics. <laughs> I remember a summer job that my mother got for my brother and I. And so I remember being out in the back with the uh, adults that that were working there and they were celebrating a birthday. And 
I just, you know, I offered some reflection into the the circle, the little circle we were standing in. And I remember like people just looking at me like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> who is in our presence right now? <laughs> yeah, I remember like, I do have this vivid memory of the looks and the way that the people responded to me. And, it, and to me, I wasn't doing anything abnormal. I was just being myself. But um, I've learned over time that part of what is with me and my body, earth side, is having this awareness of words and awareness of, um, you know, how each one has power to do a good amount of work. And, and I've only just, you know, I dove into that when I was in college. Um, Initially, I was studying business. Again, my path has not been linear. So initially, I was studying (laughs) business. My father was a businessman, in addition to being a pastor. Um, Worked in corporate America for a bit before 9-11, and then everything came undone for him. That's a whole other story for a whole other time. But I witnessed that and sort of wanted to follow in his footsteps um, because he encouraged me to do that. And my parents were just very, always very adamant that, you know, this way of, of understanding the world through business and through English and through math and sciences. This is how you, this is how you make your way in the world. And so the part of me that's always been creative, right. The part of me that's always been interested in being on stage and performing and singing and reading, uh, you know, poetry and being, being artsy, that was sort of, you know, I couldn't really uh, live that out as much as I wanted to growing up because my parents bless their hearts. They were doing the best that they could with what they knew at the time. Um, they wanted to make sure I was secure, fit into the structure that it, that they knew to be uh, the world. The, way, the path to success mm-hmm. or the path to right. mm-hmm. self-sufficiency or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so it wasn't until, you know, so I, so I started business school, right? Like I did the thing, I, you know, I did I did all the activities in, in, in high school that I could do to, to make sure my resume looked great and um, applied to the schools and got into the schools and studied business or whatever. And then, you know, my soul, <laughs> I, I had this sort of soul sickness. It was like, nope. It, you know, very clearly it was like, no, no. And, and I just was very unhappy. Um, and then I just began to go into this process of, of inquiring with myself and, and like inquiring with God and inquiring with, you know, anything that I, all that I knew to inquire with at the time. And I ended up uh, severing from the school that I was attending the, the uh, university I was at at the time. And, you know, much to the disappointment of like my godmother and my parents and my, you know, some of my closest friends, they didn't understand, like nobody understood, but for me, I needed to be, I just felt I did not feel right. I needed to find my authentic space, a space that felt really authentic to me and what I felt that I was being, uh, that was coming forth in me that needed to come through in me. And so I ended up kind of, I mean, I I wouldn't say I was wandering for a while, but I was in a space of just being open and and trying to like, and facing all the opposition in that space and, and just knowing and having some sort of confidence in my like, 20 something year old self at the time, um, that I was going to find the answer that, 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 that it was going to clarify if I just kind of stood still for a little bit and kind of looking back at on it now, it's, it's like, man, you were like, I was, I, I did. Yeah. I, I stood up to <laughs> all the systems that were in place at the time so that I yeah. could begin to forge my own way in a, in a new way. Um, 
which led me to um, traveling. You know, I still was in the container though. Like, right, I still worked for Bank of America at the time. Um, and I ended up moving into the space of coaching, uh, like professionally with Bank of America. Um, so, so. This was after you left business school? You were still yeah. working for yes. Bank of America? Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. So I left Bank, I left uh, my university and then I was traveling with Bank of America for a time coaching for them. Um, and coaching and facilitating. So, and there is where I really learned how much I love teaching and how much I love interacting with other people and helping them, you know, move through difficult processes and challenging emotion and, and coming through to feeling successful or feeling like, you know, you've had a breakthrough of some kind, being okay. Empowered. Yeah. Feeling empowered, being okay with the struggle. I think that's the first place I learned that, um, was working for Bank of America. And, you know, uh, the, the path winds and turns in a bunch of different ways after that too. But, um, you know, I've worked as a doula, birth doula. As a little girl, I wanted to be an obstetrician. And someone in school told me uh, when I said that, I vocalized that. They said, oh, you have to make straight A's to be a doctor. Nobody wants to you working on their body or like coming to their bedside if you don't make straight A's. So mm. it scared me so bad. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't do it. Like, there's no way I can do that because I just made this B or I just made this C or I just, you know, so I, I abandoned that. Uh, because of the messaging that was around me in the classroom at the time, in the school system at the time, and um, which which is so sad because most times when people say that they don't know, mm-hmm. they have, it's it's been told to them and they just they're just repeating it. It's not yeah. necessarily the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely, but that's always been with me, and I think that you know I joke with my children um, because. Well, and this probably leads into sort of our philosophy and our approach here in our home now. Um, but I've always been, I have all, I believe that I've always been who I am. I've always been who I am. It's just had different iterations. It's had, it's looked differently. Um, I, the language that I had for it was what I knew at the times, right? So I came into awareness of, oh, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? you can be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be a fire person, right? So if I'm looking at, okay, well, what are the ways I know, I know this about me. I know that I love helping people. I know that I love to be around new souls. I know that I love to be around women who are, who are carrying babies. Like I had this awareness as a child, as a young child. And with the language that was given to me in the context that I was in, I gravitated towards obstetrics because that's where the things that I felt drawn to lived. And, and I was drawn to, to sort of um, this energy and process of growth and transition and change. And I used to sit beside my aunt at my mother's sister. I would, you know, spend a lot of time with my cousins and she had, a lot of, I have a lot of cousins. So she had a lot of kids. And so she would watch these, this show on, I think it was the discovery channel, um, where they, they just were like filming people having birth. And, and I used to love it. I ate it up. Like I would just love watching the process of giving birth and birthing. And it fascinated me. And, and even not just the 
the actual like birthing, but like everything happening around it, I was drawn to as well. You know, what are, what is a parent's hope for their child? What, who are the people that help support this process? What does it look like to support this process? What does it sound like? What emotions are involved? I was drawn to that from the time that I was a child. And again, so the language that I had was, was, was one thing. And then the language began to change over time and I've always been in this support role. So if whether it was like a doula or a coach and facilitator in, you know, sort of corporate scenes or, you know, when my husband and I opened our um, barbershop and natural hair studio space here where I live, um, you know, my role there was to support people. So art, art came in, right, because I'm working as a stylist in the space, but I also, like, people come to me and are drawn to me because while they're sitting there, there's this nurturing energy that's with them. So I'm, I'm able to tap in. I'm relating soul to soul, and people find that um, – supportive and and cathartic and therapeutic. And so they're coming in and they're getting this hair servicing. But I was actually just laughing with my husband before getting on the call with you um, that when I had a day full of consultations, you know, where I'm just sitting and talking with women or men or children about their hair journeying and how, you know, their hair has been a reflection of sort of their awareness of themselves mm-hmm. and how that's changing and shifting. And they're wanting to be courageous enough to do this or to do that. Like I love the days that were full of that kind of engagement. And so, you know, that was a level of coaching for me as well. And then, you know, eventually it became, uh, this is who I am. And, and, and being able to, to translate all of the things that I've gone through becoming a mother carrying my children and becoming a mother, going through physical, uh, you know, traumas with various kinds of surgeries, um, having things happen in my personal life and in my marriage and, and digging very deeply and moving through that in the, you know, with, as a deeply feeling person, um, and as someone who uh, sort of has this, this seasoning about myself that, that I, I, I don't believe, you know, that I, it, I think it's just been with me. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I think it's just been with me. Um, but like just the watching over myself as I've moved through very difficult things, I've been able to sort of take notes. Some part of me has been taking really good notes in all of the, the hard things that I've been moving through. Um, and, and I've been able to use those notes to help other people um, through them. And so it just became like it went from being this organic sort of one-off thing where people would would end up at my doorstep or on my phone line or in my email inbox or you know when I when I entered into the social media world and in, into the DMs and all of that it, I found myself answering the same questions over and over again um, and you know helping the same sorts of people and and so then I said well how how can I just this I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is who I am and so the deeper I went into that self-discovery process the more you know coaching professionally came to the fore um and supporting people through that yeah you know what you describe your your life journey really to me is a true definition of learning. You know because mm-hmm. I I think of learning as a person or an individual, a being who is experiencing life, but taking all that they're experiencing and living and doing and seeing and interpreting, and you're 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 reevaluating it, you're deconstructing it, you're moving it around, you're understanding it, so that then you take that and bring that into the context of your next experience Mm -hmm. and really letting that 
from all those learnings and deconstruction and evaluation, how you move into that next experience and how you live and work in that next life experience, no matter what it is and how you define it and therefore the choices that you make in it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've totally been a student of my own life and, yeah. and in my own life, I've, I've only recently uh, allowed myself to own the sort of label of nerd in that my house is full of books and <laughs> they're all like <laughs> written up the margins. And, you know, if it's well, not only a book, recently, only recently have I just allowed myself to say, yeah, I am, I'm a, I'm a true nerd, like in the truth. <laughs> In the truest sense, because, you know, the the association for me in high school was not a positive one. Right. Like I was already right. right. I was already like this sort of like old soul inside the high school. I, I was so, you know, I just didn't want what I didn't want to be even more on the outside, I think. And so right. when I looked over and saw the people with the pocket protectors and the glasses and suspenders and and things, um, sort of, you know, that trope, um, I didn't want to identify with that when I was young. When I was young, and I just never re reimagined it or brought myself back to it. Um, but I just only recently have I been like, you know what, this is this is who I am. And it feels good to just kind of allow myself to be who I am. Um, allow a, lot my, free, a lot more free. Yeah. Allow myself to use the words that come out of me naturally. And and they just it just is who I am, because I went through a period of really trying to like change and, and quiet and shrink um, because, you know, of the way that people would respond to me and the story that I made up in my head about why they were responding this way. Not only that, but what people would actually say. I mean, there were some people who said <laughs> said some some things that stayed with me and and did harm. Um, and then from that, I also, you know, I just I just began to to try to just figure out the ways to fit in, and that didn't work. You know, that's not sustainable. Um, and so, yeah, as I've aged, and and whenever I had my own children, and wanted for them to be able to truly be who they are in the world without, you know, imposition from uh, myself or from my husband, their father, or anyone else. You know, I wanted them to have space. We wanted, I, I desperately wanted, and we together wanted, and still want for them to have space and room to hear what is there um, with them. What, what came earthside when they came, they, they hear it first. We see glimpses of it. We know parts of it as it comes through and as we bear witness to it, but who are they, who, who do they say that they are as they are unfolding? I mean, they obviously, they may or may not, some of them may already fully know. (laughs) I don't know. I can't say I'm not inside them, but, um, to the degree that they can know at any given point, we want them to have space to, to be able to sit with that and be clear about it and explore it with our support and guidance as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, how many kids do you have? We have four children. Yeah. Four. Our oldest, yeah, our oldest just turned 13 on New Year's Day. And then our good stuff in the middle, we call her. She's so sassy. Um, she's <laughs> 11. <laughs> and the twins just turned eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So good range. Okay. So then, you know, taking all of this as well was, I mean, for me, I mean, obviously for me, I think, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, home education uh, fits well with, you know, with who, who I, I'm hearing who you are and your belief and value system as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, was it that easy? Did your kids ever go to school? Have they ever been in school? 
they have not been enrolled in uh no in school yet they have attended co-ops um but no they've not attended they've not been enrolled as official public or private students anywhere we we've explored it at various seasons given you know whatever might have been happening at the time um and then after interrogation on our part, interrogation with the children, we just it just never it hasn't to date materialized um, that they have enrolled into into you know the, the public school or private school system as of yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what does you know what so what does your home look like? So how does all of this really you know I I hear a very deeply personal journey, but an individual journey for everyone that's in your home. Mm-hmm. Not just you, but for your entire family. How does that play out for you guys in your your daily lives? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, if I am looking at today, for instance, I mean, you start from today, but it's looked different in every season. Um, but today, my daughters are much older <laughs> than they were when this process began for all of us, and so they're much more independent, um, self directed. It, it, self-directed um, education is something that is sort of a mainstay for all of us. And, and, and the children are now at, at the stages that they are in operating uh, from that philosophy to varying degrees. Um, and I would say that my oldest is the most um, sort of um, has the most autonomy over how she structures her day um, because she's 13 and we are also wanting to give her space to explore what it's like to manage your own time and to have, you know, the consequences of, of not and, you know, interacting and interfacing with the outside world via email and via Zoom and coordinating things with our support and having all of, you know, our support in that, but her taking the lead Um and also us having conversations to help facilitate her getting access to the things that she feels interested in and want to, wanting to learn more about. So so it looks like her, you know, and me also unpacking like, OK, I'm from a very like my father was very punctual, for instance, yeah. and, and instilled a whole lot of that in me. Um, and so in witnessing and bearing witness to my daughter, having my own experience with, you know, being in corporate America, also being this like very free spirit in the midst of all of that and trying to reconcile the two in my own life and wanting to offer, we want to offer to all of our children life skills, right? In addition to being able to figure out who you are truly, like who who are you intrinsically and how do you bring that forward? This is also what we know about what it takes to be in this world and, and navigate it. Um, so there are definitely times when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to, you know, I have to, I have to be curious and say, okay, how much of this is about me and how much of it is about her. Right. right so right. so having a teenager has definitely, definitely, you know, been an opportunity for me to, to expand, to expand and, and to stretch, um, you know, because she she is not the same kid that she was when she was seven, when she was five. And not in a way that I mean, she like she just is different. Like she just grew up to be something different than she appeared to be. And so we're still learning about all, like we're all still learning about each other. And so witnessing her make her journey and giving, uh, you know, making sure that we're holding space for her to figure herself out and for us to also 
unlearn and reapproach and reengage with how we understand time, how we understand what it means to, you know, um, learn life skills when you're 13 and and learn it in this context because it doesn't obviously look the same as it looked when I was 13 or when I was 18 or when I was 21 like everything is different now so so we're all learning like it looks like a lot of learning together um the same with a, a you know so looking like just looking down at the other ages and the other children um we really are driven by their interests and putting um their core academics, we call them. So things like reading, writing, and math in the context of what are you interested in? You know, how do we, how do we live into your interests and also enable you to develop these, these core skills in reading, writing, and math and continue to strengthen them. So obviously the eight-year-olds are at more of a, you know, uh, second grade, you know, sort of third grade level. Am I 11-year-old you know, where her, where her, her grade would be and my 13 year old, where her grade would be, but they each have their own interests. One is very, my, my 11 year old, I was about to describe her. She's very into art. Um, she makes beautiful sketches. I mean, we just have been just like, I mean, we stand in awe. I mean, as parents, <laughs> like, oh my God, like this is who you are. I mean, we've, you know, been bearing steady witness from the time they came earthside. And, and even as you're watching, you still have these moments of just being like, oh my God, like I cannot believe. And so, yeah, so she's into making art and making films and singing um, and cooking, baking. So, you know, supporting these things that she's interested in and watching her bring math and bring problem solving and bring time management and bring, you know, writing and expression and, and creativity and authenticity, you know, into all the things that interest her. So it looks like what out school classes can we find that support this for her right now or, you know, what kind of, she brought her own camera just this morning. Like she's sending me these messages, you know, mommy, this is the one that I found. I did this research. This is why I want it. This is what it has. These are the features that, you know, will support me in getting to where I'm trying to go. And this is my 11 year old, right? Nice. Yeah. So like just witnessing her do these things and then asking, okay, well, what is it that you need from me right now? Um, you know, thank you for sharing all of this with me. What What is it that feels helpful? This is, I'm literally playing back a text exchange from this morning to you. Um, and, you know, she's, you know, her response is, I wanted to share this with you. I wanted you to know about this. And I'm thanking her for sharing this with me. I love, and telling her that I love knowing what excites her and what makes you, you know, happy and brings you joy. And, and well done for like being resourceful and going towards the things that, you know, you know, bring you joy and excitement and that further you in the world. And so, you know, then asking again, what, what can I do to help you with this? And then she's like, well, I just want your permission. Like, can I, can I get this? And then it's her money. So we're like, yeah, it's her money. <laughs> You've made the decision. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I thank you for acknowledging, you know, my role as your support person here. And if you have the money, we absolutely support what, what supports you and getting to where you want to go. And so, yeah, so that, that's what it looked like today with my 11 year olds and, um, with my eight-year-olds, you know, they're two totally different people. They're twins, but they are complete opposites. And in many ways, they're the same. But one of them is also very deeply feeling, very deeply feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one is much more laid back and, and low key. So it looks like, you know, one approaches core, scola- core, core scholastics or academic stuff like reading a lot more easily than the other. Um, 
And so, you know, today it looked like, well, this one doesn't want to 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 approach learning in this way or is feeling very emotional about the fact that his brother finished up all his core work, you know, very quickly and is already connecting with a friend on the phone and playing Fortnite or whatever they were playing. And so he's, you know, the other brothers just moving through all of these intense emotions. And so today it looks like bearing witness to that and not trying to rescue him from that or trying to ease it, but but just to, you know, keep him company if he wants it um, and affirm that, yeah, this is hard. I'm sorry that your laptop isn't working and that you can't do it today. And I'm sorry that, you know, you know, this is, this is happening. Right. Um, and then, and then asking a question because I, you know, I have things that I'm needing to do. So would you like to help? Do you want to come to work with mommy today? And work happens to be downstairs in the basement. So I, you know, he has, he had this huge stack of mail and he was so eager and excited to use a butter knife and help open the mail and sort it by logo and sort it by, you know, unfolding it and then disposing of the, like just these little things that, you know, we are living life together and, and supporting one another through the difficult things and the things that, you know, are fun and exciting um, and just holding space for it to be messy and for, for us to learn in it and grow. And all of those, all of those things, those skills, those learnings are absolutely, you know, I think, I think what happens so many times is we mistake learning that it has to look like it does in school. That has oh, to look yeah. like you have a textbook, yeah. you're following this curriculum, you're yes. checking these boxes, you're doing this from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. And, or it just looks like you have to do a lot, you mm-hmm. know, in order to, it, for it to be worth something or you to be worth something as a student is how much have you done and how mm-hmm. quickly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. when really all of the, you know, talking about like, your daughter finding the camera and knowing what, how it's going to fit her needs and what she wants to create and do and talking to you about really sharing the whole process with you and yeah. knowing that you're her advocate and her support and being part of that process by sharing it and your your mm-hmm. twins and how they are how of course there's similarities but they're deep differences and you know your your one coming down and working with you and sorting through the mail and mm-hmm. you know your your oldest as well exploring and doing what you know she loves to do as well and and taking the lead in her learning and her day and all of those are such important learning skills that take you beyond you know the classroom beyond 17 graduation that will take you so far into your life that it's funny that we dismiss them as being trivial or not important when they really are the foundation of what we need in our yes. learning and life. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, again, <laughs> I mean, have you, so life as we design it is, is, is a book that I published in 2017 and I'm basically saying all of that. I mean, the, the, the learning that happens when you're able to see that it, that school is every place you learn and the whole world is your classroom, you know, the whole thing. Yes. Yes. Is our, you know, that's been one of our guiding principles and has enabled us to feel confident in, okay, maybe learning is not, maybe we are not sitting at a desk. Maybe we are not, you know, using these workbooks. Maybe we're not, which is, which is part of, you know, how I came into better understanding um, how children learn. I, I was under the impression because one, I just didn't know I didn't have any kids. Right. And I wasn't paying attention to necessarily how other, how my peers were learning necessarily when I was coming up. 
Right. But when I decided, when, when Will and I decided together that we would uh, homeschool our first child, you know, we were getting closer and closer to the ages where our peers were like, oh, did you, did you find, did you get entry into this school? Like, what's your kid going to do in the world? I'm like, oh, we need to really be thinking about <laughs> I don't know if I want her to go yet. Like, I don't know if we're ready for that yet. So we we just moved from, um, I wonder if we, I wonder if we just keep her with us for a little bit longer to what does it look like to homeschool? And my first language or my first, again, I'm firm believer in like these containers that introduce us to concepts, but we may grow out of them and grow beyond them. But my first container for home-based education or homeschool, actually, I didn't have home-based education as language. It was homeschool. And looked like the one household on the block where I was growing up, where nobody ever came outside. Um, And I was like, well, I don't know if I want that. But I do still know that lady. So let me see if I can have a conversation (laughs) with her. Right? So I said, what what was the conversation with her like? I'm just curious. (laughs) I invited her to coffee. I I was like, could I send her? I think I sent her an email or may have called her. I can't remember. Um, But I got her information from my parents because she wasn't a peer of mine, but she just was in the neighborhood that I grew up in. So anyway, sat down to coffee with her and just said, you know, I'm really curious about homeschool because, you know, we have, I have a daughter now and we just, I just don't feel it doesn't, something in me is just not sitting right with the idea of her starting school right now. So what does it look like to homeschool? What is that like? And so she shared with me, um, uh, what her kids, I think she began the conversation with what her three children were doing in their lives at that point. And so I was listening for the end game. I was like, well, where does this end mm. up? Right. So one is very successful, quote unquote, in that, you know, has three children, had had three children of his own at the time, a big, beautiful house and a wife, and was working in like aeronautics or something like that. I don't know. Something. <laughs> science that was like incredible the other one she described like I was watching her language she described the other daughter as sort of searching still and trying to figure it out and that was the older daughter and then there was another daughter who was you know finishing up college and you know so I was like okay so make it into college right check um able to be successful with you know so I'm checking off these boxes in my head I'm like oh and then there was a little bit of like okay I noticed that she doesn't have anything definite to say about this one child. And so I noted that as well. And I don't know if I had at the time, like a, like a fear necessarily, but I remember pausing at that. I didn't have like a, a, like a definite reaction that I can remember having, but I remember that giving me pause. Um, And then I began to ask her, you know, where do I go to find the resources? Who else, like, where do I begin? And then she just named off some curriculum for me. I think it was like, sunlight or horizons or something like that. And so there was this initial, like my introduction into homeschool was inside a very Christian context. Um, right. Okay. Very, yeah. so then also very structured and traditional. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Structured, traditional, very white, very yeah. like, yeah. you know, that was that, and, but that was the only place I knew to get the information. Um, and so that was what I thought that it had to look like. 
So I remember I attended, she, she gave me the name of a conference um, that happens every year. And so I, I immediately went and looked up that conference information. And she said, I think she was like, I think if you have a child who's like four years old, you can attend the first year free um, to the conference just for, you know, informationally. And so I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. So me and my nerd self immediately goes and tries to figure out how can I get myself to this conference? So I attended the conference and it was huge. There were all these people none of which looked like me, but they were (laughs) (laughs) all like, and then I I saw like big families, huge families. And I was just like, oh my God, like, is this my group? Like, are these my people? I remember having all these questions. Um, Like I want this or part of this, but at the same time, it's not me. So how do I, yeah. How do I make it my own? Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I, I was so eager though. Like I was excited. I went to the book uh, area in the vending sort of space and just got uh, this huge book haul. Like I just was so excited. Um, I remember t- attending a, uh, a session where there was an older woman. She showed this picture. She was a woman with, with, with white hair and grandkids, but she showed this picture of herself homeschooling her four kids sitting on the couch. They were reading a book. I'll never forget this image. And she said, if you can just read for two hours a day, And that was like, so she did this whole long talk about like all the ways that all the legal stuff, all of the logistics, all of the this time scheduling and all the things. And then she got to, you know, and (laughs) 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 crazy. So like and so I just remember listening to her wisdom and her perspective. And I really latched on to that idea. Um, And I didn't know how useful it would become until much later. Um, but I did have this idea that I needed to have the shrink wrapped curriculum and the script and the schedule blocks and the, you know, I needed to have the flashcards and it needed to be a certain way. I didn't want it to be rigid, but in some, to some, and to some degree, I was, I was in this context of rigidity and I thought this was the way that it needed to look. Right. Cause that's so what you knew. That's right. what I knew. In so many ways that that was that was your container that you had lived and grown up in. So that you thought it had to reflect mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. I thought we had to mimic it to the to to the degree that we could possibly do so and needed to look as much like, you know, the school that I understood to be school as possible. Um, and, and that I quickly learned not only was it not something that really fit us, but it also just didn't work. Like it just didn't work. Um so I had, yeah, and, and that's I think that's important, and I think mm-hmm. that's missed a lot, especially now with COVID and the changes, mm-hmm. especially with changes in education. Is that so many parents also who are new to this are trying to make that fit work so oh, yeah. hard in the home and with their kids, but it just doesn't work. It yeah. doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It does not work. I mean, and this was now third. What now? You know, ten. I mean, she's thirteen. So whatever point that that we decide decided we are just gonna we're gonna homeschool we're gonna do it officially like at first it was the shrink wrapped textbooks and the script and the you know okay it's school time and sitting down to like you know look at flashcards and make consonant sounds and all these things 
and have her sit at a desk. And then very quickly, she just was like, all right, this is cool and, and exciting, but I want to go and play now. And then me being like, well, is this okay? Like, she, can she go play now? I need, I need her to Did focus on yeah. it. One more, one more page. <laughs> Let's finish this book by the end of the month. So we got to do two more pages today. Come oh on. gosh. And so that was, a, that was my life for a little bit. And then I quickly learned, like, I mean, I, w- I became pregnant with our second daughter and, you know, it just started to shift. Things began to shift. And then I began to just focus on having experiences with my daughter, my older daughter, um, while I was carrying my second daughter because I was so sick. I just was so sick. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything else. Um, and so when I was well, we just were outside a lot. We were in trails a lot. We were hanging out with family a lot. We were reading books. We were following her interests, you know? And, and so I wasn't as clear as I would become about how powerful their own interests are, but I was, I began following her interests when I couldn't do anything else. And then I really, like, it really hit me in the face when I was on bed rest carrying my twins. Um, and we had to move in with my parents because I was just that sick. I mean, I had a hyperemesis gravidarum. I don't know. That's a very, it's a thing that there's not a lot of awareness about, but I was, I was sick until death, sick near unto death, uh, many people say. Um, but I was hospitalized just about every week to be rehydrated and, and I couldn't, I just wasn't functional. So we needed to be oh, okay. with other people. Um, and during that time, you know, I have these two older daughters and my parents who, you know, are, are incredible. One day I'll just be able to just share all the ways that my parents have impacted, not just my world, but the world in general. But anyway, they were amazing. And my husband was amazing and I could not do anything. I couldn't do, I couldn't open up the shrink wrapped book and do this. I literally (laughs) couldn't focus. Like I was in so much physical discomfort that it just was not happening. Um, and during that time, you know, the children would come around and they had books because I, we had just books everywhere, but they would have like picture books and story books. And my older daughter would read to my younger daughter and she just loved it. And I loved watching them together and they had imaginary play and they had their loved ones nearby. And they, you know, my dad would tell them stories about his travels internationally when he worked in corporate America and my mother would nurture them and the village was there. Um, and I was able to see that it didn't need to look exactly like I thought it had to look and that they could still learn so much just in us talking, right? Like, mommy, what's happening in your body? And then we go into like looking up, what does it look like? What is human gestation? What is this about? What does it look like when kangaroos carry babies? What does it look like when, like, so like life became the lessons, like just living into everything became the lessons. And then it was just pronounced to me that this is what it needed to be. If this is what it could be, this is what it needed to be. And this is what it was going to have to be. And, you know, I just was forced by the circumstances at the time, um, nine years ago now to, to change the way that I see the way children learn. I just did not know. I think I thought that I had to be the one to impart all the things and, you know, they were blank slates like that somehow maybe was my perception of children before having my own and living into awareness of the fact that no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a partnership and they already come with so much. They come with so much and they're constantly developing and growing and exploring. And, you know, when we follow their questions and take them seriously, that can lead us down to, you know, a whole month of unit study. I mean, it's just 
I realized that we did not have to do it in the way that I understood school to be when I was growing up, the way that I understood even homeschool to be. Like it did not have mm-hmm. to be that. And so in that, and then I began to take on this language where I better understood home-based, home is just the base for education and education happens literally everywhere. And we do not have to fit and say, if this script does not resonate with me and is not resonating with my child, I can chuck it. I don't have to use these books. I don't have to use the entirety of any curriculum or a like prescribed curriculum at all. We can take what relates and what is relevant and what gets us to our goals and what lights this child up and what lights us all up together. And we can also learn in our living and, you know, the things that we move through, whether they be challenges or joys or, you know, we are cutting the pizza and we're doing fractions or we're making lemonade and we're looking at fractions or we are helping someone who is in need and we're learning what compassion is or we are angry and we're understanding that this belongs. And this is also how we uh, function as part of a community when we are angry or when we are, you know, sad or distressed or whatever, like it's emotional education. It is academic education. It is spiritual education. It is physical education. And and that's what we've been living into for the last however many years since that realization um, came through. Hmm. And that, you know, then I learned about the spectrums, like, right, you know, conservative, like very like structured homeschool versus radical unschool and, and all the space in between and how every house is different. So do you think do you think then that the institution of education as we know it uh, of schooling has space for that honoring the individual child and family you know because it, so much of it I, I find from what you're saying I think from relating to our own life and many of the other home educating self directed learners unschool like because there are so many it's true how it fits to your own family as well a lot of it becomes when you're, you're living life with your, as a, as a whole entity, as a family, living that learning. Mm-hmm. And when you go to school, you can't necessarily live that learning. There's not enough space to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you think it ever could be replicated or, you know, like, what are your thoughts on that? So my first, um, the first thing that comes up is I have a close friend who is a public school teacher. I have a lot of friends who are public school teachers, actually. But this one in particular, like her work in a particular school is to create this um, sort of um, nonlinear space inside the school building, but for children who are having extreme difficulty with being inside the classroom. In her classroom, there is room. And then I'm learning, and more I talk to her, I'm learning more and more, you know, this is pre-COVID, that they were making these spaces. And from my dad, who works in the school system and with the community, they're trying to create, they were trying to create ways to um, be more flexible and to make more room for children to learn uh, and to have room to process their emotions and to take a break from whatever is the the recommended schedule for the day and to still have opportunity to come to their, their learning without it being like punitive, right. Which is how we saw it before. Like, Oh, if you can't sit in this classroom and learn between this time and this time and and receive the lesson in the way that I teach it, then you can just go to detention. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they were top top down punishment. Oh yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think that, you know, I, 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 witnessed or heard or got wind of shifts 
in that direction. And, and that was that felt very encouraging to me. And I'm always very careful because I know that there are households uh, who have to rely on the school system. And so I've always said I don't want to lose hope in the school system even though so much of me <laughs> wants to see every family <laughs> and every household adopting, you know, a philosophy that, that makes it such that you will do what it takes. You will make the adjustments. You will figure out the ways to uh, have more time with your children while they are children and, and make the space to learn together and, and be mindful of, you know, that you're always teaching and that they're always learning and you're learning too. And, and all the things like, I, I would love that for every household. And I also know that we are in this structure that is coming undone, you know, as we're living into COVID and so many yeah, different yeah. things are, are falling. I think it's a, an incredible opportunity for families to, um, you know, sort of have those moments, like the ones that I had when I was like facing, like, I can't do it. Like I'm used to doing it. Like I physically cannot do it. It's, there is no capacity within me to do it in the way that I think that it should be done or that I understand it to need to be done. And so I'm forced to stop and to look and to watch and observe and see what else is possible and to be curious and courageous about it. I think that we're at that kind of moment as a society in so many households. And so, um, and I think in the school system as well, I think that, that teachers are getting to peer in brand new ways, literally and figuratively into the households of their students. And, you know, they're on the front lines and they're able to see, you know, what's happening and what isn't happening. Um, and, and, and parents are getting a, a real, real good look and experience with what teachers go through. Um, and so, while people are having this very emotional response, it's kind of like a trauma for everybody involved, even the children who are, you know, everything that they've known to be normal is has shifted. There is still this opportunity that is it's just staring everybody in the face. And some folks are are moving towards it and, and coming into it and grabbing hold of it and showing up for it. And others, I think, are still just frozen like dead, like deer in headlights or like you mentioned earlier, trying to fit, still trying to force the fit inside this little this box that isn't even really there anymore. Um but I think it's a it's a real opportunity now, a big one, to to begin to shift back to connection in the home, and really that being, you know, when I say home, I mean the physical house, but I also mean the relationships that make family what it is, um, and that being sort of the, the the mobile thing that you wherever you take those people, you know, whether they're in this building or this open field or or this whatever, like they're able to learn. <laughs> They're able to learn. And, and the, the family, the fabric of the family is the springboard, is the container, is the, you know, the living, breathing thing that grows with everyone and holds it, it holds it all and supports it all. And so that can be inside your literal house or wherever. Um, and then you, you know, you branch off, you have these community educators and, you know, it can be cooperative in various ways and all of the things, right. We can go on and on about all the ways that it could look, but I definitely think that we are in a, in a, uh, pivotal moment as a group of, um, humans in the world, uh, especially in the United States to, to just revamp the whole thing. I really, and I think it starts at home. I really think it starts at home. I think it has always been at home, but I think that people just 
have been so caught up maybe in work or just maybe unaware of uh, sort of the power of, of parental, you know, parent-child relationship and family life and um, sort of what happens in the home besides eating and sleeping and fighting and, and whatever else. Like there, there's something there that when you bring your attention to it, um, is can be incredibly, excuse me, life-giving um, and life-sustaining. Yeah, absolutely. I think you said that so beautifully. And, you know, I agree. I think as well, this is such a huge change and shift in the world. And, you know, there are some that are, you know, stepping into it, some that are resisting it, which is natural, I think, too, yeah. too for a human, right? When you're confronted with change, I think our automatic, just even physical response is your, mm-hmm. even your fight, flight, freeze, right? It's our survival yeah mechanism yeah. that kicks in in so many ways, yes. but there's huge opportunity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And all over, like I, I'm Canadian. I live in Canada. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so me my American self taking for granted that you're <laughs> in America. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but you know, the, we see the changes here as well, mm-hmm. right? It, it's mm-hmm. not, just in the U.S., it's everywhere. Yeah. It's, I think. I think the big thing is the U.S. is the epicenter for so many things that yeah. what happens there reverberates to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. especially our, your neighbors to the north that are physically so close and we're very intertwined mm-hmm. with the U.S. in so many ways. But yeah. yeah, it's it's an interesting time, and I agree. There's there are some beautiful opportunities. Still, some huge changes that will, there'll probably, probably be some rough roads ahead. Still, oh but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that I don't. I, that I hope that you know people who are listening don't hear me like saying that it's gonna be. If I I began this conversation with talking about how nonlinear my own personal like path mm-hmm. is, and but I think there's such beauty in even even the rough road and and in the yes. devastation and it all yes. coming down. Like there there, this is a this is the necessary burning. You know, if we bring in some agricultural terms, like people set fire to to fields in order to uh, rebirth the soil in a way to make possible mm-hmm. for something new to grow. Um, and so as, as all these things are falling down, it's an opportunity. And we've said that. Um, but yeah, it, it isn't. It, it doesn't mean it's going to be uh, seamless or pain free, that you're not going to get tired sometimes, that it, you know, you won't want to give up in a moment. But that's why, you know, having the support of some kind of community and having really, you know, these these deep deep self care practices in place, and not just, you know, not just your your bubble bath that you maybe can't get to or your shower that you can't get to, but like when I say deep self care, I mean like inner awareness and self awareness and being able to you know, have the confidence to, to face the day, really to face the day, literally (laughs) moment by moment, even when it feels like it's all burning down around you. How do, how do you care well for yourself in that space? Um, And I think that those are the things that make it possible to last and thrive. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Cause we still, you know, we still go on. So I know how are we, yeah, exactly. How are we going to face every day that we're going on to? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think this is probably a great time because it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I want to ask you about how did you build community when no one looked like you? How are you, your parents oh, and their yeah. reaction, your husband, all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I also want to be respectful of your time. 
<laughs> yes, please. I would. Yeah, because I have so many more questions that I want to talk about and ask and expand yeah. on. Um, but I know also you run a business, you have your your family and everybody that is there as well, too. And I and I want to be respectful of that time. So yeah. right now, before we go, I want to ask two things. If you could tell us about what how you support families you know, how as a healing and empowerment coach, especially when it intertwines with learning, home-based learning, self-directed learning, how you support other families. And then after that, if you could just leave us with a little bit of advice, you know, a tidbit from Yolanda Coles-Jones to for us to take away with us after, you know, after we shut this down mm-hmm. and uh, and just have for our souls for the rest of the day. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the way that I come alongside um, and support families is we begin usually with parents, usually with whoever is the lead nurturer in the space. That has that tends to be the pattern. And we really just support that person and bringing awareness to themselves and tuning in, tapping into what it is that they need right now at this point, in this moment, we bring it to the moment. And from that space, we really sort of fortify a sense of self-awareness and and feeling in the body and and what's happening in the mind and really what naming the needs. Um, what are the needs right now? And so then it be, then it moves into assessment of of the individual, and then we kind of. Um, oscillate our awareness from that individual to each child that's in the home paying careful attention to each one, one at a time, we, uh, we observe, we, we, we coach towards observation and, and less imposing and more just kind of giving room and making space to see what is here right now, what is here right now. And, and it is this gentle way of releasing what has been making new agreements with self and with others within the, the household community and, and figuring out what does it look like for us to thrive right here and right now and and to really strengthen our roots and make room for each one of us to have wings as well. How do we do that? And we also, you know, still oscillating the awareness. We are coming to the lead a nurturer and then going out from there to any adult partnerships inside and outside the home, figuring out what what kinds of conversations need to be had in order to build village, in order to build structure and support so that the lead nurturer does not feel like it's all on their shoulders. Um, Because often we have people around us who would be willing to support and who maybe are already supporting in a way, but we are just, we have all of these implicit understandings and agreements and we, we don't know how to come to actual conversations to have, to, to form mm. explicit agreement. And so I help support yes. that. <laughs> I help support people in doing that, especially within, you know, couple relationship. Um, there are lots of women, and I don't only work with women, but there are lots of women in the world right now who feel that they are, you know, carrying the lion's share of taking care of children, also trying to do their work in the world outside the home. And they also have a partner who's working, but that partner is not doing as much as they, they would like for them to be doing <laughs> at home. And, they, you know, there isn't really much conversation about it. There's a lot of arguing about it. There's a lot of like silence around it, a lot of tension and resentment. But how do we come into the conversation so that we can 
we can unpack this and release some of that tension and put some breath around it and actually put practical plans in place so that we have a shared understanding around a desired shared outcome. So that's that's what we do with families. Um, and we really help to shift the culture of the home. So it's an ongoing lifestyle shift. It isn't just this, you know, once and done. There are people who definitely can get on the phone with me and they say, oh my gosh, I see a marked difference right now and today. I mean, it only took whatever. Yeah, that's great. But then you actually, you do have to build muscle around understanding how to consistently come into this as an ongoing practice because you are literally forming new pathways. And so it takes time and practice. Um, So we do it over time. We do it over a, a, a long period of time. So hearing this, how can we reach out to you if we want to learn more? Um, Because I'll put this in the show notes as well, your website and social media connections. But if you can also just tell us if we want to go right now while we're listening. Yes. So you could go to my website, which is www.yolandajonescreative.com. You can also find me more quickly on Instagram if you're there. It's um, Yolanda, Y-O-L-O-N-D-A underscore J. And there you can uh, sort of get a peek into all the things that we're doing on a day to day. Um, You can also send me a direct message if you have questions from the website. You can actually book an appointment to have a conversation um, and apply for Empowered People Deliberate Love School, which is the format that um, I'm working in at this time, uh, coming alongside families with this ongoing support. Uh, focusing on care for the nurturer, very focused care on the nurturer role in the household, care for the couple or the adult partnerships that are involved. It may or may not be a romantic couple, but care for the couple and then care for the children and family um, dynamic in the home. So we do that each month. Um, and so you can come into that work uh, that way as well. You can also have a one-off phone call with me if you'd like. Um, if you are maybe not ready to come into the full school program, the the 12-month program, you could also just have a strategy conversation with me where we can uh, sort of get a sense of you know, are there some questions we can answer short in a you know short form sort of way? How you know how how can we problem solve where we are right now? Sometimes that's really helpful for folks. So those are available. Um, but really, the goal is to get folks into this 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 strategic long term work to shift the whole culture of the home. Yeah. Okay. To create the new lay the new pathways to really yeah. form form that yeah. new pathway. Yes, okay. So I'll, I will add all of that in the show notes so they can also click from the show notes and go. Um, and then, yeah, if you could just leave us with a little bit of advice, um, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to, would you like to impart to others to give them a little bit of maybe strength and encouragement mm-hmm. going forward on this day or this month? Yeah. I mean, I think I just want to name for people that this is hard. <laughs> I want to affirm for you that this this space in our human history is hard. Um, and to offer as you are in this space of having things be challenging in the ways that they are and all the ways that they challenge the physical body, the mind, the, the bank account, the attention level, the attention span, you know, capacity, whatever you can name as your capacity to be present and participating in society and in the world and in your home life. Um, I would just offer that you give yourself permission to put breath around it, 
is you offer yourself permission to pause in any given moment and not feel like you have to continue to force yourself to meet unrealistic, outdated expectations that you have imposed upon yourself, that society has imposed upon you. You do not have to keep it up in the same way that you have been. And it is okay to give yourself permission to pause, to breathe, to really put space around it all, and then to reimagine, you know, what can it look like now? Giving yourself permission to just shift, to, to, to just shift, to make a shift. It does not have to, and it is probably, um, uh, individuals can as- assess on their own how well it is working to continue to try to make it be something that it was last year, last month, two years ago, last week even, you know, just allow yourself to arrive fully into this moment and 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 be present here and pause and then give yourself space to think consciously about what your next steps will be moment to moment. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate the time and space. I do as well. Thank you for taking it and sharing sharing your time with me. I feel like I I was go- you, you you were you can lead us into a meditation. Right now yeah, as well. yeah, I love it. <laughs> this is my work. I love it. I love it. I think that people definitely underestimate the power. Maybe not under. They don't understand. Often people just don't understand the power of mindfulness and meditation as it relates to being a parent and beyond being a parent, but just being in the world, especially when times are hard. I mean, it, it, yeah. it is a powerful thing. And I, and I learned it when I was in a really hard space. Um, you know, I was again, forced by circumstances, which is kind of the way it seems that life is set up to expand into what it, what it could mean to come into to that kind of awareness and practice and have, how, it, how powerful it can shift your perspective and way of being in a moment in like a given moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah. Grounding us in the presence right now. It's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a very powerful thing. Yeah. Well, thank you. We will have to connect for part two. Yeah. Um, all those other questions. I'll send you my list. Okay. <laughs> so you got to tell me. I want to know about this, 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 yes. this, and this. And then we'll finish it. with a meditation. Oh, that sounds great. I love it. All right. Well, I'm going to be looking for it, Robin. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah, thank you so much again for the time and the space and the invitation. I appreciate being here. Thank you. I know everyone is going to really enjoy what you shared. So... Maybe. I'm happy to put it out to the to the world and to the audience. So thank you, thank you. May it be so. Thank you.